We're back to the Neil Haley Show on the Total Celebrity segment, and it's time, 13 Reasons Why, Netflix, and I'm excited to welcome the program, John Luis Castellanos of 13 Reasons what's Why. Going on? Hey, man, what's going on with you? And you know what? It's just really interesting, just because we're going to talk 13 Reasons Why, but we want to kind of, you know, learn more about you and then how you got the gig at 13 Reasons Why and then what to expect without... You know, people are going to binge in seconds the season, right, man? <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I'm really excited for it all. It, uh, you know, it all really happened so fast. I I remember being in the middle of Wyoming when I got cast for this thing, and then I had to quickly make my way over to San Francisco overnight. So, you know, I sat down with the creators of the show. We discussed the character. We, want, we wanted to make sure he was, you know, well-rounded, you know, because I wanted to really pinpoint him. Amongst the cast, you know, such a big cast, a very talented cast. So I wanted to make sure that he was dignified and had his values and had a good background story. So we wanted to make sure we brought that to the screen. Yeah, we're going to jump to that. But let's talk about growing up. You said Wyoming. Now, this is surprising. Okay. Did you grow up nah, in Wyoming? Nah. Okay, so tell us about <laughs> I did not yeah. grow up in Wyoming, man. <laughs> okay. No in Wyoming. I was just there for a quick little job, you know, that I had to, they pulled me out of. Uh, to go shoot this one. I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Uh, I was born and raised oh, wow. in the motherland, Dominican Republic. Yeah. My grandmother raised me, you know, so I have uh, a lot of lessons from her and uh, moved to New Jersey uh, around the age of nine. And then I turned 10. And then, you know, I went, I grew up, I learned to speak English, all that stuff. I didn't really, you know, acting was never in my, uh, my timeline, I guess you'd say, right. <laughs> you know, it was more, uh, I kind of just, fell into it you know it was all played uh it was like a domino effect you know from high school i started doing theater you know i was really big at sports so i kind of had my uh zach efron moment you know in a <laughs> high school musical <laughs> yeah and uh you know it, it, going into college i never thought it was a possibility so you know and fun fact i remember watching 13 reasons why when it first came out and becoming an actor had and it hadn't even crossed my mind Oh so my gosh! Okay, so, final, so, yeah, so that's amazing. So to, yeah, huh. yeah. So to be on the fourth and final season now, it's uh, it's really a true blessing. And see, and we're gonna get into thirteen reasons why, but I'm interested in this. So you were discovered because you know what? You're you're an athlete type, and so who discovered you? That Zach Efron oh. moment you talk about, but who discovered you? Well, I would say it would be my manager. You know, I had made the leap over to los angeles i think it was like with 56 dollars to my name and i was just like oh yeah i'm ready to rock and roll so i went over there i spent like my first three days and on beverly boulevard just homeless in front of a chipotle oh my gosh like right by there (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it's uh i'm like okay i could definitely survive with 50 bucks and eat chipotle for like however long i can (laughs) so that 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 spot right there saved my life and then i was knocking on doors you know i got involved with an agency, a modeling agency. I started working my way through there to management really gave me an opportunity that I, you know, could not pass. So I went and ran with it and, you know, I found my manager and the rest of my team and things just started falling into place. They started going out for auditions. Though I, it, it all happened really quick, but I did have like my 300 no's, you know what I mean? Like I went yeah, through a- Everyone goes through those 300 no's, right? And, yeah, yeah, and, you know? And as a good athlete, you probably got, you hated that because as an athlete and I'm a former athlete myself, I hated when I lost. And then in acting, you got to get used to losing all the time. How did you deal with that? You know, 300. I don't know. You know, you definitely have to have thick skin to be involved in this industry, you know? And I think I 
I built that skin as I was learning on the job. You know, I was as I was taking classes. You know, um, I was also auditioning at the same time. So I was like five classes deep, but I was also like ten auditions deep. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So yeah, like, absolutely. I was trying to keep up and really competitive. You have to have a very competitive mindset. You know, and you got to keep going because. You know, the job is right around the corner. You just have to stay on it, stay on the craft and make sure you work on the craft and put the craft first. And that's, see, that's interesting you talk about that. You work on the craft first because you're developing and learning. It's not something. So I'm just trying to get your Zach Efron moment and you take me right to Hollywood. When you were in New Jersey, what made you say, I said, who discovered you to say you should be an actor? You just decided I'm going to become an actor. What, oh, well, that, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. well, I'm like, I'm like in, in wrestling, um, there's this coach we had in high school. His name is uh, Mr. Mr. Leeson, and uh, he's passed away now. He was my chorus coach. He called. He taught the choir. Um, and I remember when I was in wrestling, I I would say like, "Hey guys, why not join the chorus?" So me and my couple buddies, <laughs> we joined the chorus. Next thing you know, we're going from practice to like singing and all that stuff. Now it's like winter time, middle of the wrestling season. They're auditioning for our play, and it's uh it's like a local play so i'm like guys we should all do the play before you know it we're, the whole football team and wrestling team is doing the play so it's like really exciting and you know i remember just like having to run back and forth from being an athlete to then being very versatile and being an artist you know and and really i was i was i had to find the middle ground you know and i remember people coming up to me they're like dude you're really putting a lot of passion into this stuff you know, so I, I never in my head, I never thought of it as a possibility. But then, I, you know, I would come home from practice and I would find myself like just in my basement, like doing a whole play by myself, like a whole one man show, you know, with like a, a standing lamp pretending it to be making. Oh, my gosh. But I'm microphone. sure you weren't telling yeah. your wrestling buddies who were doing that. No, I mean, no, I was not. The stuff that I did at home, yeah, I did not. I, see, see, I remember that in my days, and I never thought I'd be a professional wrestler performing because as a basketball player, I would never tell my friend, like, we would go to the play because we were forced to go to the theater, right? You know, the, they said hey, you can get credit yeah. for a class if you go. So I remember the Penguins back in 1991 and 92. I'm listening to the game while I'm at a play saying, trying to find out if the Penguins are winning or losing. So I had no idea that I'd be a performer. <laughs> I wish I did, and I honestly would recommend any athlete that they feel like they like to be an entertainer to be part of theater, because theater will teach you, know, you the business in yeah, so many ways. It, 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 it does take a lot of discipline, you know, and, and a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, another thing that really helps is dancing, and you'd be surprised, like, because I, I remember meeting a couple of my buddies, and then I don't know. I feel like I got involved in the cool club of drama, you know, and 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 then they told me about this little um, this little dance studio that they had underneath the church that people would meet up on Thursdays and they would dance and like do all these crazy things. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that's so cool. So I went there and I'm dancing. I'm like burning three thousand calories in like two <laughs> hours. I don't even know how. <laughs> Next thing you know, I go to wrestling practice. I'm like, my stamina is extra good today. What's going on? You know, so it's uh. It was really helpful, like all around, you know, it's it just the discipline from wrestling, you know, and being able to jump from one thing to a completely different world. It was really nice and really fun. Okay. So then, so you made the decision to head out to LA, it sounds like. 
Yeah, yeah. I kind of kept it a secret for a while. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I was, you know, like most people growing up, trying to figure yeah, exactly. it out. Exactly. I'm, I'm still figuring. I'm still figuring out at 47, brother. So just, just, just hey, man. Is. You know, I, 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 I'm on the same boat. I my first, my biggest gig is coming out midnight. So I'm excited. I want to see where, uh, you know, and what I can do to take my my acting to the next level. You know. Hey, yeah. If you believe, you will achieve. I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, in specific ways, but it's the truth. And I mean, I, I continue to evolve in so many ways. More to doing now the zooms where I, I have a television show, but yet now I was always putting my radio shows on. Then I said, you know what? It's time for me to get these celebrities on camera. And it, it's been it's been so real to get to see some of the stars interviewing them in person even, yeah, though, you're at the, even though you're at the house and I mean that, that's got to be so real for you so you told me you basically were discovered in modeling in LA and then after that point you had the, the opportunity at 13 Reasons Why when you first got the audition did you think you were going to get the gig especially with all the no's uh, no I mean I, I it wasn't my first gig so I had started with Marvel's Runaways you know yeah. I yeah. had then jumped on to this other project involving Don Cheeto and Catherine Hardwick who directed Twilight, you know, and some other great oh, yeah. talent, you know, some great talent. So I was really, uh, I had finally cracked, broke into the industry, you know, and I was really trying to figure it out where I wanted to take my career. I wasn't trying to get pigeonholed, you know, right. I am a Latino and I did have an accent going into the industry. So I wanted to make sure that I was sharp all around, you know? So, and then before you know it, I was at, Ralph's when I got a call that like, Hey, these people want to see you this and that. And I'm like, who is this? I don't know, but I don't know. If I'm going to take it because in the middle of this, I was testing for other stuff. So I wanted to really prioritize the projects that I had a possibility wow. of actually mm-hmm. getting, you know? So those didn't go my way, unfortunately, but it's okay because it happened for the better. I ended up booking this little commercial in Wyoming. So as I'm getting ready for Wyoming, the people are like, look, we really want to see you or whatever. Send in a cell tape. I'm like, okay, great. You know, that was my manager talking. He sent it over to casting. I sent it to him. I'm like on my way to the airport. I get a call back. They want me to come in. I can't do it. So they're like, okay, we're going to give you notes over the phone. I take the notes over the phone. Casting was great. Honestly, they were, they got me, they got me through the entire process, you know, when I was like really juggling time here. So, you know, I took the notes I literally sent a self-tape through text message as I was getting on an airplane. So as soon as I touched down in Wyoming, they pulled me out of that job. Next thing you know, I'm on another flight the next morning on my way to San Francisco to go film. So it all happened in like a blink of an eye. And, you know, the no's that I got, I think those no's were like good no's, you know? Yeah. So I'll take them. Yeah. So let's just jump in. And this is really interesting. We're talking Again, to John Luis Castellanos here on the Neil Haley shows about 13 reasons why it's weird when I binge watch. I have binge watched so many shows, not just during the pandemic, but before that, because I have a digital marketing tech company and I stay up at night and watch entertainment. And I really am hooked in binging. Even at 47, you think that's the truth. But the reason I watched 13 reasons why is first because I was told not to, meaning as a former teacher. Okay, and the backlash that the first season brought, you know, and with suicide and everything, I finally had to get into it and I watched it. And after season one, I was hooked. Season two took me through a different level. Season three, again, blew me away because we want to see the final part. And now the final season, season four. So when I think of the cast, I think of even though I've only, you know, I've talked to a few people on my show 
that have come on my show. It's weird when you binge watch something, they become like a family. So they look like my students going into the final <laughs> season and seeing them how they live. What did you think when you first met your cast? You know, being thrown into a mix where every most of them, except maybe one that just was introduced in season three, really never was always together all through since season one and have watched themselves grow mature wise, uh, acting wise and everything on this show. And then season four and you're thrown into the mix. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like, honestly, like a, I, I've said this before because I've been asked this question. I felt like a senior in high school that moved to a new school, like two months yes. before graduation. Literally, you know what I'm saying? So I was, I would be walking around really quiet, really just trying to focus on the job. The opportunity was so big that I didn't, I didn't want, I, I was, I'm professional. You know, I didn't want to mess anything up. I met the cast. I know they're, these people are talented. I don't know how they go about their craft, you know, just yet. So I'm like, let me give them their space. I introduce myself the proper way, all this good stuff, you know, really trying to be a, a professional actor. But, you know, as I got to know them, these people are human, just like me. You yes. know, it was really fun. I got to, and, and it's really exciting. You know, we go golf and we run our lives, we hang out, go to the movies, and you, there's not a day on set that someone doesn't walk by you and asks you how you're doing and how your day is, you know? So it's really nice. It's a great environment. And, you know, they really accepted me. So that was, like, I felt very welcome there. So it made me feel at home, you know, me trying to figure it all out. I guess, you know, I landed in the right place in the right spot. I'm working with, the, with some great people. So I really lucked out in that way, you know, because I know that their characters, they know their characters day and night, you know, you don't even know the difference sometimes. It's like, are you in character? <laughs> you know, so they're so good. Except the person who's dead, right? That has to do still scenes, right? He, he can't be in character and he's alive. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so you know because i'm sure there's flashbacks in season four as well as there was in season three of stuff that wasn't shot before so the when did you guys finish shooting because of coronavirus and talking about covid19 and a lot of shows finishing up when did you finish shoot shooting this show oh brian yorkie made an announcement uh we finished shooting uh around december i believe oh just in time almost yeah, just in time, literally. And 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 that's got that's gonna be a challenge. That's gotta be a challenge. What you went through, right? Do you agree with? Like, yeah. I mean, just to the fact once you you finish shoot, you get home, and then your 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 craft is kind of like on hold. How's that feel? Yeah, I think for performers, was, it's so hard. I mean, for sure. I, yeah, I was you know I was really excited. I was really looking forward to look you know booking the next thing i was like oh my god this is awesome i want to you know go out and get the next thing see what happens you know prior to this coming out to see you know if i can continue to uh achieve my goals and this thing you know took us by surprise i mean no one really saw this coming i mean unless i mean i didn't you know so Not either. uh you gotta you gotta take it day by day as it comes and just I think priority for me right now is to make sure that I keep my family safe once everything's going on, you know? So, um, yeah, that's the key right now. Just getting through summer, looking for summer 2021, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows when, you know, the different things have, but I'm sure you've been doing zoom auditions and stuff like that. There's still castings probably not stopped during this time, right? Yeah. 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 Nothing stopped right now. You know, there are some stuff being developed, you know, especially on my behalf. I'm just, you know, we're waiting for things to clear so we can get the, the go on a few things and we can get some dates. You know, as of right now, it looks very cloudy on, on all in all areas. So 
you know, we just want to make sure we, we keep doing what's right. We go with the trends and keep moving forward any way that we can. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about 13 reasons why without giving away, I'm going to be binge watching it this weekend and throughout the next week. Who knows how long it'll take me to watch it. But again, uh, the, the trailer really hits home again. And it's very, it hits home more. I think with what's happened uh, with the protests and some of the violence in certain ways, you see graffiti starting out in the trailer and somebody outing somebody and saying that they did not really uh, kill that, that was, was innocent. And what is your thought process in this process of this trailer and how people are asking questions, the fans, what's going on here with the season four? Yeah, you know, it's really intense right now with, with all the protests and violence and all that's going on right now. You know, I didn't see that coming, you know, um, the, the reflection and connection that it, it, it'll have you know, to this day, especially a week like this, you know. Um, but I think, you know, truthfully, besides the show, I think it's about the end time we start standing up and, you know, and demand change right. and all this. You know, and though, and though the show from the trailer you see, you think it might relate in many ways, you know, I think it's another great way to raise awareness just to how we did in season one, you know. What we did was we raised, we raised awareness on a topic that needed to be paid more attention to whether that is sexual harassment, suicide, assault, any of that stuff, you know, because a lot of kids go through that in high school. And I know people are going to be asking questions, you know, but this is a time for all of us to learn, you know, and uh, I think the show can be a good part of that learning process. Well, you're right. They've, it, this is the one thing that 13 Reasons Why has done phenomenal. It started out, you know, based on the book and suicide, but you've gone into so many other topics, so many other yeah. different things from sexual assault discussion to uh, just uh, basically um, bigotry to uh, well, we talk definitely murder, but uh, just a lot of different topics are addressed on this show. And and then diversity, another uh, thing yeah. that is in, in socioeconomic status. So many things are addressed on this show. And I think it continues to go into season four. And I think that's the goal of the creators, right? Yeah, you know, and, and really the goal for the creators this season and for all of us is to make sure that we send all these characters with a really well-conclusive send-off, you know? It's all really leading towards graduation, so we want to make sure we let go of the past, all the negative stuff of the past, hold on to what's good and everything that we've learned, and we move forward into the future. And too bad for this 2020 class, right? Both high school and college. Yeah, man, you know, oh, it's really man. exciting. Yeah. My brother, he's uh, he's going into middle school, so he had like he's doing his elementary school graduation, and it's just, it just breaks my heart not seeing him walk across the stage. You know, it's a challenge, but we all we've gone through one of the biggest challenges, and I guess multiple challenges in 2020. Uh, and so we're always talk we're talking 2021 now. No, tell me about your character. You kind of <laughs> talked about it in specifics, but I want to get deeper into this character of how he ends up in the mix with this crew. And we saw again in the trailer, again, for people who haven't watched the trailer or everything, they need to go to Netflix right now, click on 13 Reasons Why, watch the trailer. If you've not watched all three seasons, binge them and get ready for season four that drops today. Meaning I'm saying that because it's airing tomorrow. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. At nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Diego, you know, he's a, uh, he's a very well-rounded character, I, th I believe, you know, um, he's human like most people, I, I hope, <laughs> you know, but he's very charismatic. He's a very loyal, fierce leader, you know, and, and he cares 
about his boys. And, you know, he is a person like a lot of people in high school, you know, uh, we don't even realize it, but we tend to um, think a lot with our hearts, our emotion, you know, and, and all that boiled up inside opposed to thinking logically, you know, and I feel like Diego is blinded by one strong emotion that can get in the way and that can be anger, you know, so and we see a lot of that in this show with a lot of teenage boys and teenage girls anger. Well, but yeah, you know, it, it's really an ego thing. And I feel like a lot of the characters in this show have that because it's really a show of, uh, of who can I trust, you know, right. and who can keep my biggest secret. So I think, you know, people really, uh, these characters tend to tend to get protective. And I feel when it, when it comes to emotion, everybody has their anger, you know, there's just a lot of different faces to it and ways to show it, you know, and, and we all, and all these characters do. They, they, they show their where they're coming from, their point of view in a great way, you know, to the point where you start actually really feeling the character and get really involved and might start disliking or, or liking, you know, and it's just, I know it can get really intense, but hey man, it's high school. We do want to preach. It is yeah. a fictional series though. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening, it is a fictional series, but it does touch based on some really ground, on some real grounded topics and matters. It happens in every high school in some sort of yeah. way. And you've really touched yeah. upon things and seen the growth and the changes and the way high school was when I went to school compared to high school today. And then we talk about, you know, talking about specifically the pandemic and all these different things. The young people now have to think about more and have to mature more. These kids have had to mature through X amount of murders and suicides to really uh, finally uh, grow and we finally see where they end up at the end. And that's the big thing that no spoiler should bring. And in, in your character, you have one year, one season to really begin beginning and ending and growth, which you can't talk a lot about because we don't want to spoil things, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, but I do say, you know, <laughs> you know, um, Diego is a good guy, I promise. You know, I think he's a, uh, he, we will we'll really see his side of the story, you know. We'll really see his point of view and where he comes from and how he fits into the picture. All right. So other projects going on now that we can check you out for sure. Tell us some other projects going on. Yeah. Well, besides Marvel's Runaways, you guys can catch it on Hulu, uh, season two and season three are out now. And Don't Look Deeper should also be coming out this fall on Quibi's. Uh, uh, Quibi is a new streaming platform. Uh, created by um, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and I've worked with some great people on there as well. You know, you guys can check that out coming uh, this summer, 2020. Yeah, I've seen the, the the name, and I was wondering, I was seeing it in different bios. So explain that streaming platform and stuff, because I just have not really heard much about it yet. Well, you know, it's a it's a very on-the-go platform. I think it's uh, we're catching on to a trend here, you know, and it's really exciting to be a part of something new. So when this project came about, I was like, hey, why not? The platform, you know, it's uh, it's really for the mobile device, an on-the-go thing. It's a, a quibby, a quick bite, about 10 minutes of an episode of whatever you want it to be, whatever they obviously uh, have produced on the content list. And, you know, you can, if you're on an Uber ride, and a 10-minute Uber ride, you can watch an episode and catch up. If you are on a lunch break, you can catch a quibby. And while you're having your lunch and, you know, go back to work or whatever it may be, you know, so it's a, it's a quicker way to stream really high quality content. So it's almost like a short in movies. 
Yeah, it's almost like a short, you know, and you have you have multiple episodes, so you can either after a few days after multiple episodes have come out, you can sit through the entire thing and watch it as if you were to be watching a movie, or you can watch it as a series, episode by episode, day by day. Interesting. Where can we connect with you? Where's the best place people? Because I know once this drops, even though you've been in Marvel's Runaway, you're going to have a different fan base coming up with 13 Reasons Why, and I think you're ready, right? For the craziness of yeah, it being hit Yeah, up. I think I'm ready. Yeah, I think I'm ready. You know, I think it's going to be a more grounded uh, fan base, but I'm I'm really excited. Uh, where can we connect with you on social and stuff? Uh, John Luis Castellanos, only on Instagram. I'm only on Instagram, really. I, I, I There's like a Twitter account there lingering, but I don't even use it. <laughs> ah, see, she'll be live tweeting uh, specific things or the premiere talking about 13 Reasons Why. You got to get on Twitter because Twitter is the one that's, in my opinion, in it is the least filters, meaning you can really get out there with the largest audience, I believe, on Twitter. Really. So something to think about in your brand. Building the building up on okay. Twitter. Yeah, I'm telling you because that one is not pushed on ads as much as Instagram is in Facebook. So a plug for Twitter, which President Trump doesn't want to plug Twitter at all anymore, even though that's his platform. And that's probably why he uses that platform. As I said, it's pretty unfiltered. You really can get a message out and build an audience very fast on Twitter, especially if you're going to be hitting up oh, on yeah. one of the big shows. So something to think about. Yeah, I'll your, think about team. it. I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you so good much. talking thank to you. So Everyone much, needs man. to tune in 13 Reasons Why. It is now on Netflix. Yeah. Take care, guys. Appreciate it. See you then. Bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christopher Hall show. And finally, we see Dr. Christopher Hall on camera. We just finished interviewing somebody. He's been doing more of the phone end, and now we're getting him to understand the Zoom technology. And so Dr. Hall introduced our guest, who is going to give us a great backstory about the Baja men and also about who let the dogs out. Go ahead, Dr. Hall, and introduce our guest. But no problem, my pleasure. Well, I'm very excited uh, to uh, introduce one of the uh, members of the uh, fame group, Baja Men, a, a song that we all know, very famous, Who Let the Dogs Out? And I'm very excited to introduce Mr. Dyson Knight. It's Dyson Knight. Hey, Dyson Knight. Hey, Dyson. Thanks for stopping by. We talked about Corona, and so we're going to go right into the next questions. But you are in the Bahamas. I guess I'll have to come out and see you guys in the Bahamas. You guys will hook me up to want to do on location. I'll fly out and see you once everything gets better from the coronavirus, right? Is Definitely. You already have your seat. Uh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm invited back. To, I'm invited to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This pandemic's been perfect for me. I've always interviewed celebrities, but love to see them on camera. So, Dr. Hall, with your question, first question for Dyson. Oh, well, no problem. Well, Dyson, you know, you're, you're part of such a fame group. Um, it's, it's just really become a, a cultural phenomenon, this song. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and how did you get involved with the, the, uh, the Baja Men? Well, I am from, well, first of all, pleasure to be here. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in. Um, I'm from the Bahamas, and I've been with the band since 2005. Um, that year always changes 
been in and how I feel in, in the day. But it was post who led the dogs out. Um, but what is post who led the dogs out? Because who led the dogs out is still a big, huge hit um, 20 years later. Um, I'm happy to say that uh, most of the members from Bahamian are, are um, living still in the Bahamas, except for one, which would be our MD, our musical director, Herschel. So shout out to Herschel, who is in Atlanta at this time. Um, yeah, the, you, you say that they're famed band. They're very famed. They're multi-platinum. Um, they have uh, Billboard Awards, Nickelodeon Awards. They have the Grammy Award. So I always like when I introduce the band at the end of the show, after a performance, I say, okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Grammy Award winning band, the Baja Men. <laughs> right. And so your role in the Baja Men, you're one of the singers in the Baja Men, right? Yes, I'm one of three singers. Um, I would say that Rick is the lead lead singer and I am the second lead lead singer. And then Leroy, he's like the hypest singer. Um, and also he is the choreographer, the lead choreographer of the band. Cause we sing, we dance, uh, we do a lot of incredible things. Leroy is actually a world famous limbo dancer. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. yeah. So it's incredible to see what he can do during a, a Bahaman show. See the Bahamen remind me of the blue man group of the Bahamas in a way, in certain aspects. You know how big the Blue Men group is? It's gotten expanded to so many different groups. You're, you guys are a little different now in the fact that it's not the original from Who Let the Dogs Out, but you told me off air that it is a history kind of a, a maturation process of growth of the Baja Men that started that weren't even part of Who Let the Dogs Out, right? So you've seen different group members right. go and leave the brand Baja Men in the Bahamas has been for a while, right? Right, right. Um, the interesting story in that is the the lead singer before who let the dogs out. Um, the main lead singer would have been Mr. Nehemiah Heald, who is a phenomenal vocalist. Um, he actually left the band to tour with Lenny Kravitz. So he, when he left the band, they did a few other replacements that didn't really work, work out. And then when they had the combination of Rick O'Merrick and Marvin, that's when they recorded Who Let the Dogs Out, and it became a, a huge hit. So Baja Men was touring with Who Let the Dogs Out, and the former lead singer was touring with Lenny, Lenny Kravitz at, at the same time. Holy cow. And so, so that's how certain people uh, developed. All right, Dr. Hall, next question. Wow, just, just, you know, just excited to be part of such a historic group and a Grammy Award-winning group. And um, now, Dyson, um, you know, throughout the years, there's been many uh, people have back a lot of questions about the meaning of that song, Who Let the Dogs Out? What, what, what does that actually mean? What, what can you tell us about that? It has, it has a multiple meanings. Um, it, the meaning that we use is, you know, who let the people that out who are going to destroy the party, like in a good way, who are coming out to have more than a great time at a party. Um, and then it's, it's who let the dogs out, like who, like you the big dog, like who let the big dogs out, you know? So you come to really control the environment. And, and that's why I think a lot of stadiums use it. A lot of, um, uh, the, the sporting arenas and the, and the teams, different, uh, football, basketball, you know, baseball, whatever team it is, you know, they would use the song and say, 
yeah, we are here. You know, we came to, to win. Um, the original meaning of the song, though, and <laughs> it's actually about saying who let the less attractive people into the party. <laughs> less than attractive. Oh, see, doctor, all you had to take him down that road, and I'm sure. I know. And, uh, and, and are you the one, is Rick the one that sings the beginning part of who let the dogs out, or is it you? Now, when you perform, when you're on stage. Uh, okay, so the, the song is pretty much split in, in two, the, the original. Um, Rick would be singing the lead verses, um, and then the Who Let the Dogs Out scream was actually done by Marvin. Uh, no, I mean, now when you perform together. It's oh, now when we perform together, uh, it's Rick and Leroy mainly for Who Let the Dogs Out. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I just dance. You just dance, okay. Oh, you just dance, and you're the creative one with everything. All right, Dr. Hall, next question. Oh, no problem, no problem at all. And so, you know, it, it's, it's really a, a song that, um, and I remember that song, okay? It's a lot of, lot of um, Bahamian um, uh, uh, style and music in it. It's very, 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 very exciting. So um, tell me how important that was uh, to have that cultural element in that song. What do you think, Tyson, so far as um, that song being a super hit? I mean, just expressing that culture in the song. Tell me about that. Um, how do I feel about the song being a hit? Well, now, the culture. Uh, just the, the whole Bahamian culture that's actually expressed in the song, uh, that was something that was shown to the world in that song. And, uh, and, and, and so tell me, what do you think about that? I mean, that, that's a unique style. That's a unique, um, you know. So tell me, how does that uniqueness contribute to the success of that song? Well, I mean, honestly, um, this particular song was a song that the band was reluctant to record. Um, main, mainly because <laughs> they felt that it would be a gimmick. Right. So, so what the, the, they were signed with S curve and the label at that time wanted the band to attract a youthful fun audience and give, give people the good feel that they would get whenever they come to a Bahaman performance. Right. Um, however, the musicians in the band always took their, their musicianship very, very seriously. You know, they would have arguments about chord structure and, and, and when to modulate and how we, we should do all of this, very technical things in music. But this song was meant to just be a fun song, a, a song that people can, can enjoy. So there wasn't really a, a, a target. Um, it, it mainly was, the target was to, to entertain. I got you. Right, so, so there's, there's really no great depth in the making of it, but what came out of it was very useful. It seems like, and, 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 and I guess other hits. Let's talk other hits real quick, Dyson, before we, um, and then I look forward to part two of this, where Rick will come in and uh, give us the, some of the stories of he what just it, called. <laughs> huh? He just called? So, so you'll hear from him soon. <laughs> I'll hear from him soon. Well, oh, he's going to jump on. 
if we were if we were, you know, closing time. All right, so just tell us what other hits were part of the Baja Men with who let the dogs out that went, you know, did really well. Okay, okay great. Um, well, this new song, uh, Take a Chance, is definitely a hit. Um, it's, you just don't know it yet. But um, they have the Move It Like This. Can you move it like this? I can shake it like that. Okay. You also have Paula that was on the, the movie Garfield. Um, really? You have uh, Best Years of Our Lives that was on the movie Shrek. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, makes me want to dance. Oh, you don't do any of the singing, Dyson. You said you don't do any of the singing. Yeah, 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 you know, say, yeah, I do, I do a little thing. But it's, um, it's crazy because there's a lot of songs. Like when you, when you come to a Bahamian concert and you realize exactly how many songs that we, we actually have in, um, well, you know, there are bands that have a whole lot more hits, you know. Right. Um, but our, our thing is that we, we don't have anything as big as Who Let the Dogs Out as yet. But, but you do on movies. I mean, the, the, the look at that list. That's amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't have known those were all by the Baja men. I wouldn't have known that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, um, in, in my defense, there aren't many bands that have songs that are as big as Who Let the Dogs Out. So I've learned to really, you know, reduce my expectations, you know, don't carry all of that weight on the back of the band because it is phenomenal. It is, it is once in a lifetime type success for, for even the best of them. Um, Who Let the Dogs Out being a 20 year old song is just great. And I think people feel should put some respect on our name. 20 years old? Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. But I didn't know all those other ones. So after that fame, those opportunities came for the, for the guys. And you were, were you part of that? When some of these other songs came out, you were part of the group then? Yeah. Like, um, the, 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 the biggest song that we've had that I've actually performed on would have been on the World Cup album in 2014. Um, and that was on the album with Shakira and Wyclef Jean and Pitbull. Um, that would have been Night and Day. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. So that would have been the biggest um, song that I've been a part of. All of the others, we've, we've re-recorded some of the, the, the songs as well. In fact, the Who Let the Dogs Are that you listen to now is a re-recording. Um, when you hear it in movies or, or when it's published anywhere, knew I would be on that recording. You know, so I would be singing. Some of the singing. Are you singing background or what? Yes. You said you... Harmonies. Um, there's a lot of interlaced harmonies and stuff going on there. So Rick would be the lead singer. And then Leroy would be that person who barks out, who let the dogs out? Who, you know? And then what are you doing? <laughs> I'm dancing. But, but in other <laughs> songs you're singing with them. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You have to explain these things. I'm just giving you that point. And yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah, stage yeah. for this because we're definitely look forward to a longer conversation. So, Dr. Hall, summarize Dyson. We really like it. But, again, I have to look back and say all the songs that the Baja Men promoted so that had on. But it's amazing to know the artists. And, you, and I look at you guys as the Blue Man Group of the Bahamas, even though you have yeah. bigger songs than the Blue Man Group. The Blue Man Group has expanded to so many different things. You've ever gone to a Blue Man Group event, have you? Dyson? No, I have not. 
When you go to Ve- you go, you have to go. I went to Vegas and it was it was unreal. But I could see you guys jump on stage with them, and that would be really an entertaining thing. The Blue Man Group and the Bahamas. You know, the the big one is Vegas, but they have tours all over the world of different groups that have expanded. You guys at least are staying in the Bahamas. And you, there's not seven different mem- groups touring everywhere. But that might be another expansion. You never know because of all the different songs. So it's yeah. crazy. At this time, we just want to get on stage and play again. In know? front of fans. Amen. Yeah. And that's and yeah. Dr. Hall, as an emergency room doctor, he says, how you, you don't think it's going to happen big time or we're going to have smaller audiences. When do you see them all performing in front of an audience, Dr. Hall? Prediction. Oh, well, well, no problem. I mean, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we're looking at some time, you know, vaccines being developed and, and really what they're doing in the Bahamas is, is really good. Is what Dyson is telling us, how they've done the uh, social distancing and, and the quarantine. So, you know, if we, if we do things like that, we're probably looking at another, another, you know, I'd say maybe three to six months where we can start opening up a little bit more because the vaccines should be out by then. So, well, if you say the vaccine's out in three, six months, that's a great thing. He told me expect longer till the new, nor- till the new normal comes, so we'll take it. Now, summarize Dyson really quickly because we do have a hard stop. So go, Dr. Hall, with summarizing Dyson and look for t- – t- yeah, Dyson, and we're looking forward to Rick coming on soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with him later. <laughs> summarize, No Dr. problem. So there you have it. Um, one of the instrumental members of the group, the Baja Men, Dyson Knight, um, a, a gentleman with very many talents, uh, which we didn't talk about in the air, but his, his, his background in computer. We have the time to do it next time. This is just part one to promote the Baja Men. The new single is out when? It's out now. Go check it out on all of your digital uh, platforms. Take a chance. Well, we're going to release the whole video stuff together in one interview. We'll act like he jumped back in, but we'll have the radio interview first. But uh, who knows? I got to next. The next thing is, you know, I got to start editing video, not just audio. And Dyson, you, you learned and you said, hey, God, do everything yourself sometimes to get to know and understand stuff. And we see your creativity. And you, too, have your own performing, too, right? You perform by yourself, too. To help promote that, too, Dyson. Yes, yes. So you can follow me at Dyson Knight, D-Y-S-O-N-K-N-I-G-H-T. I'm on YouTube. You can check out some of the videos. The last video that I posted is actually uh, edited by myself. So uh, yeah, go and check it out. I try to stay involved so I can, you know, know exactly what we're paying for when we have to pay for it. Um, Make sure it's worthwhile. You know what I mean? So uh, it's good. It's good to know the craft. All right. All right. All right, we will talk soon. Take care. That was, again, the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. We'll have part two of the Baja Men coming up very soon. Take care, guys. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Media Network's Dr. Christopher Hall Show, and I'm excited to welcome the program. Dr. Hall, Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. How are you this week, sir? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, you know, just excited about our show today. Uh, something I'm hoping will lift the spirits of America to go through these very difficult times. So. When Dyson sings, is this part two with Dyson Knight uh, from the Baja Men? And what I, last time, he really got our spirits up by singing. And we need that. And this is a great point when you say with the media blackout, kind of, the end of the week, we're kind of finally, you know, 
back to certain things, but still things are very tough in the United States to a level that we never even thought uh, would occur. So yeah. this is a perfect time to bring and lift spirits. So Dr. Hall, how are things been uh, in your area of the country with the protests and stuff? Well, you know, very trying as, um, you know, all over the, the country um, here. I'm actually here in Mobile, Alabama, so we've had some, some protests. And, um, but I think that, um, uh, I think it's a positive message that, that uh, we're seeing out there with young people, a different generation, and they're just not putting up with the uh, stuff uh, uh, that we saw in the old days. So I think it's, uh, I think it's great. Um, again, you know, certainly we don't need the, the, the bad elements, the looters, uh, but um, we kind of apply what's going on and hope that this uh, gentleman, uh, George Floyd, gets justice. So. Okay, so introduce our guest for part two. Again, I already kind of did. We got Dyson Knight back again from the Baja men. So, Dr. Hall, oh. what questions from last time do you want to ask Dyson? Because we only had him for 15 minutes, so it's perfect to finish up the final 15. And we could have Rick. But uh, kind of uh, what questions do you have for Dyson that he did not answer? We learned a lot about how he became part of the band. We learned about specifically enough some of the, the stardom. And we learned about his specifically his role. What other questions do you have for Dyson? Well, you know what? Again, it's great having, you know, Dyson Knight from the Grammy Award winning uh, group, the Baja Men. Again, a group with, with many, many uh, awards, Billboard Awards. And uh, lots of uh, awards uh, in the uh, Bahamas. Before we jump into that, I mean, let me just just yeah. hop in and, sure. and speak on uh, on the elephant in the room. Um, here in the Bahamas, you know, we are predominantly black people, right. and we we don't really see the the form of racism that. Uh, seen in the Americas. Really? Ours this is pretty much class related. Um, but we definitely, uh, as a band, and, and especially speaking on behalf of myself, we do stand in solidarity with the, on the stands of the evolution of equality, you know, yeah. okay. the, the, the eradication of, of racism in, in all forms, um, the respect for human life, um, and, and, and love especially the band would want everyone to to uh, exist in love. And it may sound a little cliche to want everybody to, to live in harmony, but I do believe it's possible. Um, and if we can't live in harmony, we can at least live in respect, and respect for one another. So um, just wanted to say that, and, and I guess that's a great time for Rick to pop in. What's up, Rick? Hey, Rick. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. Hey, this my is part two. We, we weren't How finished with the questions, Rick, and uh, appreciate <laughs> Rick from the Baja Men stopping by, but it's a different time. And, and it's interesting having all of you on, uh, gentlemen, especially what's happened uh, with the protests for George Floyd. And we're now seeing specifically enough how the unrest since when uh, Dyson came on last week, a week ago, and now how we're feeling uh, seven days later. Anything you want to add, Rick, to this? And, and Dyson was kind of really bringing up a great point. Uh, in your country, uh, there is less racism because of the, uh, the amount of, that you're not a minority in the Bahamas. But kind of, kind of sure. shed light, and especially because you've traveled all over the world, you, spent, you really did a lot in the United States, how you feel about this. 
Well, first off, I mean, you know, I, I'd like to send, um, you know, a special shout out to everybody, all of my friends and family in the United States, because, um, you know, I feel really um, connected to this. Uh, apart from my travels, I have family over there as well. I, I'm sure Dyson could agree as well. And we all, because we are neighbors right next to the United States, we do feel the pinch. Um, you know, so it's, it's this, is an, this is another world uproar. And it's, it's definitely waking up a lot of people um, to raise more awareness of what the actual reality is in terms of the black community. Uh, and I think this stems to worldwide, even if on the islands. So we, yeah, we, we, we don't really experience what the United States is going through now because, you know, the majority of our people here, we are black versus white. Um, but, you know, we have a different take in terms of how we handle racism over here. Um, but we definitely do feel the pinch of what's happening over there in the United States. So, um, you know... I, I've even been like on my socials, you know, sharing and bringing more awareness to my followers as to what's happening and, you know, just saying that we support. Um, and just to, just to, um, to add that, you know, yes, people in the Bahamas do feel it. And we are definitely sympathizing with those who had to actually go through that because we, right. we even had so many students that go to college over there who actually, you know, they got a little taste of it. Wow. And I hear these stories, and I, as just a matter of fact, a close friend of mine, she went to college, just came, um, I think she went to, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but she's experienced her racial, racial discrimination as well. So hearing these bits and, and pieces of stories, and I, I mean, I've, I've experienced a little, bit, a little bit of it on my travels too, in my yeah. day, but, you know, nothing compared to what I'm seeing now. It's unbelievable, and I sympathize to the families of those that are, you know, uh, everybody that has been lost. Yes. Um, you know, we definitely feel it. You know, but enough is enough now. You know. Yeah, I agree, Rick. And at least now they're all charged, so we can kind of move forward. But we can't move forward till we figure out what's happening with the police in the United mm -hmm. States. But that's I'm glad you were able to share that with your fans that are really going through hard times right now, uh, dealing with what's happening in our country. And it's great that both you and Tyson, but let's kind of bring some positivity to the finish up of the interview. Now, Dr. Absolutely. Hall, you have a Absolutely. question for Rick from the Bahaman, one of the original from Who Let the Dogs Out. We learned a little bit about the history last time that before you, Rick, there were the Baja men. So I kind of made a similar comparison of the Baja men to like the Blue Man group in a way of just specifically how it's the group that continues to go on regardless of who's performing. And you guys have seen that growth from the 70s all the way to today and people like now Dyson taking over. But go ahead with your question, Dr. Hall. Oh, no problem. Well, welcome to the show. Rick Carey, um, Grammy award-winning um, singer, and um, very happy, very happy to have you here um, on a part two of this interview. Yeah, thank um, you, Mr. No, no problem. Uh, yes, sir. And so, you know, you um, the question I have for you is, you know, we talked about, you know, you mentioned about the evolution, about some of that was experienced by uh, friends and family here in the U.S., Tell me, um, how important is really mute, uh, music? You know, because this this song, "Who Let the Dogs Out," was very, very inspirational, 
and it was transgender, transracial, uh, transcontinental song. How important is music? Yeah. The other thing is, how important is education and all this? Those are the questions I have for you. Well, that's a two-part question. I'm, I'll answer the first one. I think sure. music generally, um, I mean, we need music. We really do. Music is the language that everybody can relate to. Um, you know, and it's the, it's an artist to express how they're feeling, what they're going through, their experiences. Uh, and sometimes we tell stories based on what we see on, from other people uh, around us, you know, you know, like who let the dogs out was based on a party. You all know the history on that. Yes. We talked um, about that in the last year. Yes. Yeah. And every song, every song that we do tells a story, uh, whether it's what we are observing around us or personal experience. Um, I find that the songs that we've done in the past was based on, you know, we were trying to keep a more upbeat, a more fun, a more um, uplifting, positive. We still do a lot of positive music, but right now um, we kind of like flipped the script in these recent records and we did more records that are like more adult contented. I mean, which is something that I always wanted to do for many, many years with our records because, you know, we had to keep, we had to, we had to play the politics game and the record game. Um, and, and, and catered to the kids and catered to, uh, uh, you know, the Disney crowd and, you know, catered to our young masses right. and then take, catered to the sports fans and, you know, so right. on and so forth. But I felt like, you know, during the time duration that I've been in this group, I watched myself mature from 2000 to now. I, 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 my vocals, my style of writing, the choice of things that I, my mindset has totally changed, obviously, because I'm older now, but my mindset is way more mature. Um, how I, how I process things in terms of, in terms of the music is like, you know, I kind of leave that okay. era alone. You know, a lot of the questions can you want, you guys ever want to repeat history, but like, of course, but that doesn't happen. You know, it's right. hard to duplicate you're something. Always, you, you always have to be part of that music, but you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're evolving to a new level and a new audience that I exactly. was learning a lot from Dyson, right? Dyson, is not true? Really, the new album is really going to be a different audience than the audience that we know what, from the years before the Bahamian, right? Yeah, you know, everyone's 20 years older now. <laughs> so... so. Um, the new music is going to uh, try to reach out, not try, it, it, it touches uh, um, those that, that are uh, grown up, you know, and, and especially the families, the, the mom and dads, you know, they need that, that mom and dad uh, time. So when they listen to a song like Take a Chance With Me, you know, that might mean, you know, uh, how about we have a dinner day when the kids go to sleep? You know, get a little, get a little close dancing, <laughs> and you know, and 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 have ourselves some, some uh, a bit more grown up time. But at the same time, the music is still clean, so you would have to be an adult to really understand um, just how deep it does flow. And uh, yeah, this song, take a chance, um, especially with the music video, you'll be able to see that Bahamian is still that perfect device yes. to to use to for entertainment um, of all walks, all all levels of life, all ethnicities, all races. Um, people can still party and 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 feel like they belong 
um, in the music. Um, I do suggest that when you do listen to Take a Chance, that you listen uh, without the expectation of who let the dogs out. Because I believe I said this in the last interview, there has not been uh, many records in the world from any band that's, that's at the level of who let the dogs out. Right. Um, but there's been many great Fast. records. Yeah. Many great records. Also and yeah, and the Bahaman has a, a, a list of hit songs and Take a Chance is definitely the next one. So open your minds, open your ears, um, um, open your, your, your Amazon and your, your iTunes and, and your uh, Spotify and, or whatever it is you listen to music on YouTube and <laughs> listen to Take a Chance. You give it a little dance, you know, listen to it at least seven, eight or nine, ten times, and then give us a call, you know, call Neil, call Dr. Hall, let him know how you feel about Take a Chance. Now, here's a question for Rick. Is uh, it looks like Dr. Hall uh, it had to head out for a second, something maybe some sort of a okay. emergency, but he asked a really good question. I think really the kind of theme of the second half of the show of this part two of the Baja Men is really talking about uh, the whole process of how you feel for the protesters and the amount of protesters and all those things. But a question I wanted to ask Rick was, you know, you know the specifics that people always remember who let the dogs out. Dyson kind of explained to me that it's more than that. There's a ton of songs that you ended up going, you ended up in, are you done doing those? Because if you did all these Disney ones and you did all these other, you know, uh, you know, dance parties, songs, is that over for you? Or would you consider that again, if that came up? Um, I think it's a matter of um, what I would base that on. I'll put the pressure on our, our, the leader, Isaiah Taylor, because at the end of the day, he makes the final decisions on my gut feeling. I still like to be able to have the best of both worlds because we can't never deny that audience. We still have that audience. When we go down to, to, to Disney to do our shows, it's always a packed house. So I could never, ever deny that. So we want to be able to have more. I mean, we have a huge catalog of music. We're talking about, almost like I'd say basically about two, almost two decades worth of history in this group oh, wow. with each and every member in this band because there's always something interesting about each member of the group, each musician. They all have this huge, rich history of, 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 of traveling abroad and working in either other international bands before they got the bomb in. And, you know, it's, it's just very interesting to, um, to, to hear about these stories from these guys. And, um, and the talent level is, is top notch. So that's how come we're able to still do what we do um, in, in this music business. It's, it's very, very finicky. Right. Um, so for a long time, you know, even though we were able to, to put out a single every, every year or every two years um, and play the singles game, but I feel like we were still blessed to still be able to do that because a lot of groups and a lot of artists aren't as fortunate to be able to continue on a career for so many years. Um, being that the record industry is like, you know, yeah, um, yeah, especially so, as, a, as a full band, you're right, yeah. So, I mean, I think we're very, very blessed and very fortunate. And we, we thank God every day that we're able to just perform and make music 
and 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 get out there on the stages worldwide and people